Okay, so we're going to start with reviewing 259. If this does get a bit long, we might separate these into two. So the, the show you're watching right now might not actually be the one for this next weekend coming up. Uh, we'll see we'll see how long this takes. They'll take. both be up on the channel. They'll both, They'll be, both up. be there. There's a lot to talk about from yeah. two, uh, 259, Ooh. and we don't really want to kind of rob ourselves of any time. I'm joined again by uh, Brian Kelleher slash Bill Burr <laughs> slash Keith Jardine slash... Keith. There's Who a bit knows. of Stewie Griffin in there as well. A little bit. They yeah. all look like me. I don't like them. <laughs> um, where do you want to start on 259? Uh, wow. I mean... Can I start li- with the first fight? It, it basically lived up to what we thought yeah. it, how it was going to go, didn't we? For sure it, it did. Was a, it was a great card. I was glued to it. I really enjoyed everything about it. Yeah. The ups and downs and, you know, the, the bits of controversy. But it was, man, it was a, it was a good, solid UFC card, wasn't it? It was. Brilliant. Loved it. Um, I want to start very quickly by talking about the Trevin Jones fight. Because this yeah. was, I mean, the commentators were celebrating this. You know, it was a, it was a beautiful punch. And it was... Like everything about his body posture said he was going to throw a right hook, and then as it landed, it was almost like a surely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it's that. I mean, that's starting to come in a bit more now. We're starting to see like Jack Hermanson use it against the fence quite a lot as he's backing up, like the very square kind of mm. Wing Chun punch. Mm. But it was like as he's like his whole body was talking about a right right hook, and his his opponent kind of started to brace for it, and then he just. Poof, straight up the center. It was it was wicked. Yeah, it's that really nice. It's like a, it's like a superpower, isn't it? It's manipulating your posture without even touching you. Yeah, making you expect something and then presenting you with something different. Yeah, tough. Uh, that's elite. That's elite level, isn't it? That, it that's was, another level of of striking. Yeah, yeah. Impressive. It was it was really impressive. I'm excited for this kid because it, it was a bit unfortunate in his debut. Um, he was up against that that really fantastic looking kid that's been trained at Mark Henry's. Can't remember his name. Let me find out. Um, and he, he got, uh, it was overturned. It was no contest because oh, yeah. he failed for marijuana. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Like two yeah. days before yeah. the fight. He, I think he was like a short notice fight. Anyway, so he kind of came into the UFC, picked up a win after getting pushed around and beaten up and then had it taken off him, came in and got a wicked second round knockout over uh, Mario Batista. I'm excited for Trevin Jones. Um, as soon as you say his name, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, Amanda Lemos. Uh, Valiev. There we go, Valiev. Yeah, got you. Yeah. Lemos. <sighs> we went the wrong way with that one, didn't we? Did we go the wrong way with that? I think we probably think we did, did go the wrong way. Wow. I mean, She's changed so much since her UFC <sighs> debut. I said to you earlier, the, the minute that fight started, I was like, oh, shit, you're in trouble. Mm. Just the way she shaped and postured and moved, I was like, oh, wow, you're in so much trouble right now. Um, yeah, Sousa, goddamn, she's impressive, wasn't she? Yeah. She's like, she she was just like, the way she was standing was so interesting. There was something a bit Aldo about like the talk in her, in her, yeah. in her frame, you know, like, like you know that at any point the elastic bank can just... Yeah. <laughs> You know, and like yeah. low kicks and we were talking about the right hand as well and, and Veronica pointed this out when we were watching it it's so so similar to uh, Amanda Nunes yes. it's like a spear like firing down into her opponent she's changed so much since her um, since her debut yeah the commentators picked up on it she seems her stance is super solid like yeah screwed into the floor you know that when she throws that punch like she's she's throwing for some really stable mm. foundations yeah I was uh, yeah, like you say, I didn't even really recognise her. She was she was very different. She levelled up a lot. Yeah, I mean, she was out for a while. Um, like when did she make a debut? Yeah, she made a debut against Leslie Smith, uh, a weight class up, but that was 2017. And then after that, she got suspended for two years mm. for banned substances, according mm. to. Maybe that's um, why her stance is so strong. But she looks in better shape now than she did when she was yeah. when she was failing drug tests. So it's like like it's like she, her ch- training must have changed. Like she and I was just impressed with her, just all over, like the the strength and the posture, the power in her shots. One, one thing I will say, and I thought about this yesterday. The, there needs to be a fighter called Amanda who uses Lorian as their nickname. <laughs> like ha, like she doesn't. I don't think she has a nickname, does she? No. Like Amanda Laurie and Lemos works, doesn't it? Perfect. That's Perfect. missing an opportunity there. Go for it. If you're a young fighter out there and your name's Amanda, <laughs> or you want to change your name to Amanda so you can make the most of this uh, of this nickname, let us know because I will support you all the way to the UFC title. 
Amanda, Laurie, and Lemos. There you go. Throwing it out there. I was well impressed with her. I I think she's going to be, yeah. She's okay. probably I mean, great. To, I'm looking forward to see her fights mm. as soon as possible just to see see if this is something that she can replicate, see if this is who she is now. She's She's got a skill set at the point where she can repeatedly do that. But um, yeah, yeah, get her back in. I want to see it. The uh, what did you think of the referee jumping in and saving him? Yeah, I mean, she's been dropped twice, and it was like, yeah. I mean, I was I was surprised he stepped in, but I didn't mind it because the fight wasn't going to change in any way. Uh, like we've touched on a numerous amount of times, my reset position is on the side of safety of the fighter, and mm. that's you know, I can you can always live to live to fight again, you know, and the most important thing is even if it is. I think it's a smart move. From, it shows a it shows a level of understanding from that ref mm. that he understands this is a mismatch and yeah. you know, this is this is not quite right. Something mm. off here. I need to protect her. It and that's this is the right. I think it's the right thing to do. It would drive some out and out fighters wild. That I would say that. Yeah. But I'm afraid that's just that's my my perspective <laughs> on it. I I do. I wonder if I wonder if the the Lemos Souza fight and the Medic Cruz fight were switched in order. If he'd mm. stopped it so soon, because the the fight previously with Medic, Medic, I mean, that, yeah. like I mean, you could listen to both the commentators and they were going, "Yeah, you can you can stop this fight." I mean, this 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 fight can be stopped now. Yeah. Oh no! And it, like DC made a joke about it. It was like Mark Smith came to watch a fight, and he's <laughs> going to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was like what? I mean, he took forty five punches yeah. with nothing coming back. But then, yeah. I, I don't mind seeing that when you see when you see straight away that ah this this fight's not going to turn around. Uh, you know, younger fighters' careers a bit <laughs> no, earlier obviously, on. Obviously, the ref puts himself at risk for criticism there, mm. but it, it's just the risk you, you know, it's a risk. Yeah. It's a risk you take, and you and everybody knows it's coming from the right place. It's not. It's unlikely to be incompetence in that in mm. that stage. It's either an out and out mistake or. It's the, it was probably the right thing to do, and I think yeah. in this stage, this chance, this situation, it's probably the right thing to do. It, it was it was almost like she just you could just kind of tell by her posture when she went down the second time. <laughs> she was like, was like mm, yeah. "Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, get me out." Uh, Brady looked good, didn't he? Sean Brady. Man. He's got some wicked tattoos as well. I love them. You know that leg tattoo, them. that leg sleeve that he's got yeah. with the koi fish? It literally looks like fabric. That's how yeah. well done it, it is. Yeah. it's like so well. It's like we touched on in the in the preview. I, I wonder if it's. I wonder if it's oh man, it'd be an undertaking doing it the Tabori style, but it'd be pretty cool if you yeah. get a whole leg sleeve done, tapped. Oh. Very, very cool. Uh, yeah. Man, he's dangerous, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's good. dangerous. Mm. I, I was thinking as I was watching it, is striking is still it's got a little bit to go, isn't it? It's not quite as fluid as it as it could be, but mm. I think he has a, a serious understanding of that of that range. Yeah, um, he kept landing counter left hooks yeah. all the way through the fight. Really nice, clean, like Matthews was pressing him against the fence and he was just like, uh, oh, who is it? Mayweather, as he peels out the corner against Ricky Hatton, cuffs him on the side of the head and, mm. you know, use that momentum. Yeah. Um, I was impressed with him. He's going to be a problem, isn't he? Mm. And called for a top 15. And, 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 right, and rightly so. Yeah. I think he'll I think he'll fit nicely in that top 15. What is he, four fights in a row now in yeah. the UFC? I think, and and, and uh, that, that result... I would take a lot of confidence from that if if I was Brady. Mm. Like that was a you know he's a tough guy to beat, experienced guy, been around forever. Like we touched on in the preview, that's a very very solid win for him. Yeah, it is. And the the chat around Brady is like people respect him, people know he's good, and they know he's coming. And um, mm. yeah, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I'm just looking at his record here. So he's he's had he got Court McGee in his debut. And then he fought um, Ismail Narodiev, who's, who's a very talented striker. Um, Austrian wonder boy? Hmm. That's his name. Um, so, like, he came in on two unanimous decisions, and now he's got two finishers. He's failed as company. Uh, yeah, I believe yeah, he is. I think yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited to see him. This next one was interesting as well. Allberg against Enzejuku. Yeah. It was, it was a bit of a frustrating watch, that one, for me, I'll be honest. Because it was so yeah. like, especially in that first round, it was like Allberg was just doing what he liked, and it was like it was like someone had took a kid into a sweet shop and said, "You can have one," and he's like, "Uh," because it like it was a point where he was like holding his wrists up against the fence. It was like he didn't know where to attack first because he had so many options, and he ended up just letting go and walking away, and like, and I, th- I mean, he landed that was it a head kick or a, uh, right early on and, and hurt um, um, Enzejuku. 
He was definitely hurt. He was yeah. hurt a lot of that. And, you know, immediately after I thought, oh, you just got rope-a-doped. But I, I, I don't know. I don't think he did. I, I, don't, I don't think he did. I don't, it didn't seem like that was a, the plan necessarily going in. And nothing about it made me think this is a calculated thing. I think Olberg just basically was almost there, didn't get there, and then he, he just... I don't know if this will translate into America, but he just shot his bolt. Yeah. It was just, it yeah. was just, you know, it was just done. And it made me, it, a little bit made me question. I, I feel like City Kickboxing are a very cerebral team that are talking about how to strike and the nuances, the high level nuances of striking. And it made me question a little bit what, you know, how was his preparation? Like, I, I feel like he should have been able to unpick that problem live in the moment and it should have gone a different way, bearing in mind the calibre of the people he's got around him. Mm. Or it's just a misread on on where that sort of team's at and Izzy is the is the brains behind Izzy. Mm. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I'd, I'd be, I reckon they'd be upset with that. Yeah. That, that was a win. They, they yeah, I agree. That for sure, yeah. I mean, I, like, I know like Enzejiku is, is, is awkward and he's a big dude, but like when Olberg was in there, he he didn't look massively undersized, and he was kind no. of doing what he wanted, especially in the in the early rounds. He just wasn't investing very well in the right techniques. I mean, if he on... just peppered him with yeah. leg kicks and just, just took his legs away, and you know, even even um, even when he was just shelled up against the uh, against the fence, if he just invested a little bit more uh, in in the body, I think it would have been over relatively quickly. I yeah, don't, I, don't, I don't think it would have lasted very long. Yeah, I mean, what is it? It was a second round, was it? Yeah, because it like it wasn't even in until the second round that Allberg really started to look for low kicks and body shots. Mm. And the couple of times that he did it, he was effective. But all the rest of the time, he was looking for that one shot finish yeah. for the fight. Which yeah. for someone like Nzedjiku and the way that he was fighting, just kind of covering up and walking down, he can take a lot of those shots on him. Not the worst feeling in the world when you just know you're done. Oh, you just like running in oh, sand. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm gone. And they're still oh, walking no, you I'm down. Gone. Yeah, yeah. And they're still walking you down. I mean, it was a little bit with the. Uh, a little bit like um, the Sterling Peter Yan fight. That's kind of what he does. He he walks you down and forces you to work at a pace that you really don't want to. And it, and it's not vastly higher, is it? It's mm. just it higher enough than the tempo you want to fight at that makes it very awkward. And yeah. just every minute that goes past, you're acute. You're getting in that oxygen jet a little bit more than you're used to until it's sort of mm-hmm. you know it's too late. And I mean, I know we're jumping about a bit. But like you watch the Aljamain Sterling fight, and he was starting to throw all kinds of weird stuff in there because nothing was sticking. Uh, we've talked about this. Why is that? I don't as know. soon as you get tired, you end up throwing stuff that you wouldn't you wouldn't normally throw if you it, weren't tired, which I, is not any more energy energy conserving any more energy. In fact, the the opposite. No. But you, you know that's what ticks in your brain, isn't it? You get tired, you start thinking, "Oh, I could finish this with a, <laughs> a spinning back fist." Yeah. Or, you know. Well, it's the same thing with Chris Weidman, didn't he? He did it against Rockhold yeah. and paid for it and never paid uh, bad. You know, yeah, paid really bad. I, I, I just, I feel like, I feel like it's a bit. There's, it's, it's panic, and I, and it, like watching the fight back, especially into the, especially into the fourth round where the, you know, where the disqualification happened. I, like Peter Yan was tired. Aljamain Sterling was making him work. And we're going to do this now. Are we going to go through this one now? I'm just kind of jumping around. We might as well go after it. Yeah. I, I, I feel a bit like, I mean, Peter Yan was tired, but the point of difference was he was making better decisions. He was. He was tired. Yeah, it was a, he was, he was a tired. Bit, he was mildly fatigued. Yeah. But you could. But it was difficult to tell because yeah. he wasn't throwing spinning kicks and yeah. spinning back fists and you know, doing, doing all manner of crazy stuff that you wouldn't do if you were fresh in the first round. He was just doing that, mm. and just it was a mildly, mildly uplifting his tempo. It's just started landing a little bit more. It's just started picking apart his trip game. Like we were saying, it's like that's how you used to. Yeah, that's how you used to get people on the floor of school. <laughs> yeah. You used to trip them up like that. Oh man, yeah. I just, I honestly thought right up until that point, I just thought this is an exceptional performance. Mm. He's, he's, you know, the controversy around how it finished and whatever is. I'm not, I'm not that interested. Things, things at the pointy end of sport happen, and you just can't understand how they happened in the moment. And none of us watching are sat in that moment. And you know, apart from obviously yourself, who've been there, but you know, you don't know what it feels like to be under that amount of pressure, under that amount of fatigue, and you throw a knee. And it happens in sport all the time. Like cr- the craziest of things happen under under that kind of pressure. So apart from that, which I'm not that interested in, I thought it was a beautiful performance by him. Mm. He was, if that had, if that had carried on, it's a 99 percent 
chance that Jan's winning that fight. Mm. There's no way I, I couldn't see Aljamain coming back from that. No, the tide had turned and it was you know he was he was about to drown. Yeah, for sure. And, and I I don't think that's an unwinnable fight for Sterling. I, I don't I don't think it is. I think he's got what he needs to beat Peter Yan. I think he I think he can challenge Peter Yan in a lot of different ways. He you, you just can't fall into that trap of getting walked down and being reactive. Yeah, which is why he got so tired so quickly. I like I understand that obviously I picked for Sterling to win that. And then off the back of it, I don't think he, I don't think he can win that. You don't? No, no I don't. I, I think it would think have to be can. a significant mistake by Jan, mm. which obviously that could happen. You know, if he zigs when he should have zagged, that could obviously happen. And I think that um, Sterling obviously has the power to to do something about it and has the has the game to do something about it. But I feel like it's in Jan's hands to lose. Mm. I was I was actually yeah. kind of blown away by his performance up until the point that he lost it, where he got DQ'd. I mean, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I think you know, like Peter Yan has got the ability to kind of push Sterling back and shut him down. You know, the majority of times that they fought. I, I also think it is within Sterling's capability to not fall into that trap, mm. but he does need to be aware of it. And it didn't look like he was, and he certainly no. wasn't doing anything to dig his way out of it. Like if somebody's walking you down, the worst thing to do is to stand your ground and throw something that you wouldn't normally throw. You know, even if you were fresh. Like, utilize the energy that you would throw in a spinning elbow to move your feet and to throw a jab mm. and to move your feet a bit more. Because the one thing that you can bank on with Peter Yan is that he's going to keep moving forward. And, yeah. like, I, I've been watching a, a few other fights uh, recently. I was watching uh, Patricio Pitbull, and he's got a lovely technique. I'm going to break it down on, on, a, on a war room. He's got a lovely technique where everything's about his, everything's about his, his kill shot. And the problem problem is that sometimes he invests too much in that, which means that he thinks that's going to land him the job's done. So there's no like, where do I go after? What's the next technique that comes? But what what he does do so nice is he, he drifts away and then he lets you attack again. He drifts away again. Then the second time he drifts halfway and smashes you in the face with that right hand. Mm. And like Sterling's fast. Sterling's got good footwork, good lateral movement. There's no reason why he can't do that. He ju- He just needs to apply it. Yeah. And, and you know, it was the same, like, I mean, you look, we go back to the card we were talking about earlier. Bear in mind that Aljamain Sterling threw 97 punches in that fight. Um, Allberg threw 146. Sorry, landed 146. So, like, the work rate that Aljo was, was putting out was not, it wasn't at a point where it should have made him tired. It was yeah. the pressure that made him tired. Yeah. So he has to figure out a way of alleviating that pressure. And getting thrown on the floor and to get back up. And, yeah. You know, but I would have... say he was already tired at that point. Yeah. Because I don't think that would have happened if he wasn't for if he was fresher. Like, I don't think I don't think it would have been such an embarrassing yeah. slam you to the floor. At that point, he was a little bit. He was he was giving anyway. Yeah, Jan's variety and what he's like controlled. He has controlled variety. Like it's mm. very calculated the amount of variety. He doesn't he doesn't do the same thing over and over again. You know, he's just he's constantly like just picking out a technique, picking another one, picking another one. He's trying mm-hmm. to piece this all together. Man, I'm all about him. I'm all about. I, you know, we were talking about Canelo earlier as well, and it's the same thing with Canelo. The thing, like, I can enjoy and appreciate a Lomachenko performance, and you know, it really is impressive what he's able to do, especially with his, with, you know, with his footwork. There's a lot of flair on his game still. With 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 Canelo, there's no flair. Like the flair that's there serves a purpose. Yeah. Like the fire in the hand out yeah. to the side to set the uppercut up. Like that's where the variety comes in Peter Yan's game. It's a I'll jab you, I'll jab you again. Then I'll feint a jab and throw a hook. Then I'll switch my stance and I'll jab you from the other side. Then I'll switch back and then I'll throw the power punch from the same hand. Then I'll throw a left hook. Yeah. Then I'll switch back. You know, but it like that's fifty percent of his game. The other fifty percent is making you throw, so he can work around you and and do things like. The the amount of times in research where I saw him force someone to throw their power hand and he just slipped to the side of it, clinched him and tripped him. And I go back to the... Uh, and one thing, I, I don't know why I didn't pick up on it before because I watched the fight as well. And I, I watched it when when they were walking out and they were showing the replays of a couple of his finishes. They showed the Uriah, Uriah Faber knockout. Yeah. And that was the same thing. He was throwing a knee... And Faber had pulled out, so he just extended his leg. It was like an adaptation in the moment. But the the varieties, it's it's limited, but it's it, everything's effective yeah. and everything fits together nicely in pieces. But the the, re, the real time adaptation to what you're perceiving, that's 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 the level. Mm. That is the level. 
when you when you're doing that, you you know you're you know you're you're elite level then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the way it finished. Look, people have given Aljo a bit of heat for it and whatever, but you got to remember the power that is on that knee. That's that's pretty much. I remember the it was either the UFC PI or it was. Um, a program looking at forces generated through strikes. Mm. That's pretty much the most powerful strike you can land in yeah. the human in the human capabilities, and it landed. Mm. And it was a hard, you know, and it was a, you know, it was a hard knee. I'm not sure I'd be at the after party with the belt. I think <laughs> I, I think I'll put it in a bag and I'd, I'd just leave it until yeah. I, you know, well and truly want it. But for that's, sure, you know, that's, yeah, that's I did like uh, I did like Peter Yan's counter to John Jones. About about Anthony Smith should have taken his belt. Yeah. I'll, I'll say like I'll say two things: one pro and one, well, one either side of the line of the of the finish. First of all, uh, Aljamain Sterling shouldn't have been put in the position mm. where he had to like ham it up a bit in order to get the DQ. Yeah, because it wouldn't have been fair for him to continue in that position anyway. Second of all. If the near had knocked him completely unconscious, it'd have been back to his feet quicker than he was. Yeah. So like the, that's where the gamesmanship yeah. was. There were definitely gamesmanship. He was tired. He was doing the the blood sport blinking like he's got salt in his eyes. And whereas everybody, I'm not sure I can see properly. I I like, but in his defence, he shouldn't have been put in that position. It should have been a quick, quick decision by the by the doctor coming yeah. in, stopping it. It's yeah. done. When, when that kind of yeah. thing happens, especially in a world title fight, in a world title fight, when the referee's already called that the fight is downed, and then he still throws the knee, mm. that with no with no damage to Aljamain Sterling's a DQ, because you can't be a champion and break the rules so blatantly like that. No, that's first of all. So that the the lingering and the Aljamain Sterling rolling around on the floor made everybody look bad. Yeah. Because it should have been dealt with decisively. It's a disqualification. A champion doesn't throw knees to the head of a downed opponent, and it was clear that he was down. If his corner team doesn't know that, then the co- then the, the fighter needs to deal with you that got himself. DQ quicker in Japan than than, than right <laughs> exactly. Accidental kick, kick to the groin <laughs> as he level changed onto it. Like, I, I mean, obviously we don't like to see people get disqualified, and we don't like to see belts being taken away. But for a champion to lose their belt by disqualification. It shows a lack of, a lack of attention to the rule set that they're competing under, a yeah. lack of understanding. He knew that he was down on a knee. If you yeah. don't know the ins and outs of those rules, if you're not sure, but if you're thinking clear enough, if you're thinking clear enough to understand what you're doing, then you're you're obviously th- you're also thinking clear enough to understand the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. Like if he threw that on purpose because he wanted to hurt hurt him, then he knew he was going to get DQ and he knew he was going to lose his belt. So that doesn't really make sense either, does it? No. Like so, but that's what I, when we first started this conversation is what I'm saying about the moment in sport. Like I can't tell you the number of times in team sports where someone has just given a penalty away, where everyone had just looks and going like, "You clearly know that's against the rules. Mm. What are you doing?" Yeah, and it's just that, that's that's what happens. So, but then that would concern me. Because that would show that 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 was a lack of control on Peter Yan's part from a very controlled human from being. from a very controlled human being and <laughs> yeah. and also and also a champion yeah you know like so so like, what so what is it then we we're running out of options he's either deliberately done it because he wanted to hurt him yeah which if he's being that deliberate he also knows the consequence of that you would think he's more tired than we thought he was. Which is obviously, which could you know, that's that's a possible scenario that he was masking it, and he's got a very good poker face. But he's actually, he's so fatigued. The Mister Fatigue is in there, and you mm. know, he's he's just made a, a wrong call at the wrong time, or what? Like we're running out of running out of scenarios. Bad advice from his corner team is the only other one I would say. You know, a, a lack of grasp of English because the referee said that the fighter was down in English. Yeah. I mean, but you know, seems to have a relatively yeah. yeah yeah. But but then then at the same time, it's not it's not the referee has no onus to to tell the fighter that the that their opponent's down. Yeah, like that that is on that is on you to recognise that. It was I, I don't know. Like, it's I've a tough it outcome, in it. It's just it's it just is. a bitter outcome for everyone, really. Yeah, you know, people are questioning Al Jermaine, people are questioning Jan, people are. You know, questioning the the ref and the doctor is just a horrible sort of mm. conclusion to it's what messy, was, isn't it? yeah, to what was a good fight. Mm. It was a really good fight, and uh, you know, I still stand by the fact 
that I, I felt like the tide had turned and it was it was only going to end that way anyway. But yeah. you know, it's a shame. It it's a shame that's you know. Yeah. The consequence. The the, there was a lot of information. There was a lot of information that the referee gave the doctor as well, which I found strange. Like, like the doctor and the referee's interaction should be doctor come in and have a look at this fight yeah, to tell me this. if they're able to yeah. continue. And the doctor goes, they're not able to continue or they are able to yeah, continue. Based on symptoms and the call by a trained medical practitioner. Yeah. Whereas like, like the doc, like the, the ref was in the doctor's ear and he was like, no, I, I did tell him it was a downed fighter. So it was probably a dis- irrelevant. Like, <laughs> completely irrelevant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, then you're putting the doctor in a position where they have to make a call whether the illegal shot was fair enough for the fighter to continue, even yeah. if they are able I, I, I took a knee in, in my debut, my UFC debut, yeah. and the truth is, I don't, I don't remember it aside from what I've seen on the video afterwards. But the fighters, the fighters' intention is always to keep going. Mm. You know, I mean, well, mm. not not always, but then like, look at the shit Diego Sanchez got mm. for withdrawing himself from the Pereira fight. Yeah, yeah, it's it, just it's, a shame, and it? it's a shame, yeah. shame that's where it, where it ended. But um. Great the, the, the idea of rematch. not making an immediate rematch yeah. is crazy. I've seen sense. that a couple of times on social media over the last, you know, 24 hours. Absolutely has got to be it. Got to be. You know, the quick, the quicker they can turn it around, the better. Mm. You know, obviously, as, as long as Al Jermaine is cleared and good to go and can, you know. Yeah. But I don't fancy his chances in the rematch. Do you not know? No, not <laughs> um, what about Cruz Casey Kenny? I mean, I, I was... I was... Um, happy for Dom to see him back moving like he was moving after all of that adversity that he's been through with his with his uh, knees and his and his health. He looked. He he's a bit of an enigma, isn't he? You just don't see you just don't see that, and it's nice to see because that's a different puzzle for the sport to have to deal with. Mm. It's nice to see him. I'm glad he's healthy. I thought it was a great performance by him. Um, I'm not. I, I feel like the sport's moved a little bit since he was he was around, and I'm off that specific performance although I was really glad for him I can't necessarily see him climbing right up the top and and dealing with the heat that's up there at the minute mm. but yeah wicked I'm glad he's I'm glad he's um yeah yeah I'm glad he's back and I don't think Casey Kenny loses anything either from that kind of performance I mean a split decision loss I, I didn't think it was a split decision I thought Dominic was pretty clear in his in his victory mm. But at the same time, he did take more shots than I thought Casey was going to land, if I'm honest. I expected Kenny to try and grapple with him more. I thought yeah. he might try and clinch him, take him down, smother him on the floor a bit and just kind he of... find him a lot of the time, though, could no. he? Like, he, just, he was just Not with clutching at air, yeah. 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 Th- there were some really interesting things that, that Dom does with his movement patterns up against the fence, which I'm going to study a bit more. Because like, there are definitely certain aspects of his game that are still very problematic for... for I would say pretty much anybody at the top level of the sport. And and it's like, I often talk about, you know, McGregor squeezes people into a choke point mm. against the fence. There were lots of times when Dom's moving and he goes into the choke point and then out again, and then into the choke point and then out again. And then the next time he goes in, they think he's coming out. So he's actually he opened the door himself. Right. Very, very clever. Yeah. Yeah. Again, manipulating your opponent without touching them at all. Mm. But it, that was, and it's such a risky thing to do because you, you're putting yourself in a position where you're closer to your opponent's power weapons. And and he, he was tempting fate with his hands down and, and getting away with it. But that's his whole, that's his whole thing is he's like, he's like seducing them into mm. making movements and then punishing them, punishing them for it. And, and I was watching a couple of times just the, his unorthodox movement it almost creates a pivot point with his strike and he gets like extra torque on his strikes because of the way that he's yeah yeah the mm, flow of, the flow of sort of kinetic energy through his body because of the way he steps or because of the way he's angled it just makes everything seem like it's got an extra 10 15% power on top mm. of it it's um difficult to replicate like you know very. we've been talking about mimicking quite a lot recently very difficult to very difficult to replicate and if you mimic it and you don't understand why you're doing it you're going to get caught out very very badly i mm. think um, because like you say, if you got, you, you know, you're circling yourself towards the power hand a lot of the time, which is great if you're truly understanding the, the, the plan that's in place. But if you don't, you're just going to get caught and, you know, it's going to be, a, it's going to be lights out. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I think he, he yeah, I'd be interested to see what he does. Like, like I said, I'm not sure whether I see him tearing up the rankings and competing at the top or not, but no. you know, I'd never dare to sort of, um, What's his rule him out. 
Well, this this is the thing is is the the Dominic Cruz is always going to get those opportunities because of who he is in the sport because of what he's already achieved. Yeah. You know, what is it? he's ranked number eleven right now. Um, but I mean, what day is t- Tuesday? So he probably probably climbed back up into the top ten. Um, I mean, I I I think he's still got a, he's still got a, a damn good chance of being a running. I, I do. I think he's probably got one more run. I mean, he's thirty six, but then you take out the time that he's been away. Yeah, he's not. You know, he's not accumulating damage in that no, time. Not really. he's, he's fixing himself up. If anything, I, I wonder how he does. I want because Casey Kenny did catch him a few times, but then we've seen Casey Kenny crack people and them not really be hurt necessarily. I, and I'm not saying Casey Kenny's not a power puncher, but he's not he's not been proven to be a power puncher so far in the UFC. I mean, his body kicks that he was landing against um, against what's his name, uh, Alateng Haley, were brutal. But we're not seeing him like big stopping power in his in his fight. I'm just looking for uh, we got a TKO in his third fight, KO from a knee. Um, not many stoppages though from from strikes. Two out of sixteen. Mm. So like, there's a, there's a lot of forgiveness for Dom Cruz in some of those punches that he might not get higher up the food mm. chain in this division. Like, can you? Is he? He hasn't fought Jimmy Rivera before, is he? Who Cruz? Yeah, I don't think so. Like, that's another. They've not, pa- they've not really overlapped. Though. They've not really overlapped. Munoz? Has he fought Pedro Munoz? No. No. But there's some some. Well, difficult fights for sure. when you're looking up up from 10 or 11 or yeah. wherever he's going to be at. I mean, they're, they're the two, they're, they'd be two good ones. They'd be, yeah. they'd be two good chats because most people would take a fight against Dominic Cruz regardless of his ranking because there's a lot good, to be it's gained. It's a good win yeah. for you, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, you know, he's, he lost to Cejudo and lost to Garbrandt. Stopped by Cejudo, obviously protested. Garbrandt cracked him with a lot of shots that I think probably affect his confidence in his movement and made him a bit more timid. Um, I say more timid, a bit, a bit less mobile and risk taking, which I think is a, a part of why his style is yeah, effective. Like, yeah, it's funny, and if you put yourself out there with an unorthodox way of moving and you get punished for it, it's gonna, it, it sort of shrinks your confidence in mm. being unorthodox. Or oh, maybe I should, you know, maybe I should rein this in a little bit and be a bit more like everyone else does. Yeah, but that's yeah. you know, that's the game he, that's the game he plays. Yeah, what else? Kyler Phillips, song you done? Phillips is good. Very much enjoy his fighting style. I think Song Yudong's great, but he did. I don't think he had a very good performance generally. I, I, yeah, I didn't either. I thought he sort of showed up half asleep. He just took a long time to get into it. Yeah, did I a did lot of following. I, yeah, I did think he was turning the tide a little bit. Mm. I thought towards the end of that, you know, he was finding a home for a few things. And if that was over five, I think that would be that would be different. Yeah, I just think he might want to look. I mean, you know, you never know. It's it's hard to pass judgment. You might, he might want to look at what he did in that week, building up. He might want to have a look at that because he definitely seemed like a bit he, flat. Yeah, flat, mm. not quite there. I don't know if you underestimated him. Maybe, yeah, maybe unlikely he would yeah. do that. But maybe there was something, something he needed to change there because he didn't look like the guy that that we keep hearing about. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking down his record. He's not—he's not really fought anybody that's that's like Kyler Phillips in the way that they move either. You know? <clears throat> no, I mean a lot of the fighters that he's faced are, you know, yeah. suitable for someone with speed and and explosiveness like him. Whereas Phillips skating along the fence and lunging in and catching him, it forced Song to to follow him. He was he was mm. following him a lot of the time, and I think that's why he was paying because because Phillips was a couple of steps ahead. And punishing him for, into the space that he was walking into. I wonder, like I wonder where Phillips goes. That's a, that's a that's mm. a good scalp. Yeah, you is. know, for his career, that that's a real good scalp. He's gonna people are gonna be talking about him. I mean, they were talking about him before, but people are really gonna be recognizing him now. Mm. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with him. Yeah, a nine and one now. Yeah, he's a, his only loss is to Victor Henry. I used to train with Victor in uh, LA. He's a good tie boxer, but that was a split decision, you know. Mm. And I bet, I bet he's learned a lot since that. I I I'm I'm a fan of his, and I think his style is going to be interesting as it develops as well. And like, so it, when he was a kid, his dad his dad gave him the nickname Storm because he was like a bit of a Tasmanian devil on the mat. Yeah. You know, his dad would enter him into jujitsu competitions and have him grappling with kids at parties and stuff. Um, but then when he when he moved over to uh, to the team he's with now, MMA Lab, they gave him the nickname The Matrix. And I I often think this is it's interesting how a how a fighter's nickname can define that fighter. It gives them a perception of who they are. You're inside telling their me head. I'm this I'm this type of yeah. dude. Like if if you call someone hands of stone, 
whether yeah. they've got knockouts on their record or not. They're not going to be focused on leg locks, are they? They need to live up to that nickname. There's yeah. a lot of that that goes <laughs> yeah, on. Korean yeah. zombie, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't, you, like, Korean zombie, give him some footwork, some head movement. Don't don't allow him to be there to get hit as much. But then, mm. almost like like the UFC don't call him Chan Sung Jun anymore. Like, on all of the documentation and everything yeah, right. for the, the cards, yeah. like, everybody else has yeah. got their names, but he's the Korean zombie. Yeah. It's like he's created a character that now he has to live up to. Like the outlaw. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> that backfires sometimes, though. <laughs> there we go. Um, oh, mate. Askar Askarov. Yeah. 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 Um, just bear, bearing in mind, Benavidez is ranked number two, right? Mate, he's, but he's, he's the perennial number two, isn't he? Yeah. That's the problem. And I just felt like he got completely dominated. Completely dominated. By... And there was no emotion involved in it at all. It was just a clear clinical dismantling of the top of the division. Mm. And that is... Who who stops Askarov doing that to them? I'm going to pull up the UFC rankings right now. Who stops stops Askarov doing that? Who's able to? Because it's like... Like the thing is three, so he'll go. Will he go to two now? You reckon? Yeah, you've got to think. You you've got. He's going to leapfrog. Well, Askarov. Yeah, I've got him ranked at number two on the USC rankings right now. Hmm. So the only person above him is Brandon Moreno. (laughs) We're both on the same website. I've just refreshed it. It's just changed. Oh well, just changed right then. Just just done the rankings. Yeah. Um, I guess he's just waiting on the fallout from Moreno Figueredo. You know, when's that happening? They rematching. Moreno Figueredo. They are, yeah, yeah, they are. I don't know when it is. When is it? Because that's, I mean, that's the one, isn't it? That's yeah. the that's that's Look the, the top of that division, man. I know, isn't it? It's it's a great division. It's a great and Brandon Royals come out of nowhere. Kai yeah. Kara Franz looks amazing as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I still feel there's a little bit of a just above that above Alec, um, yeah above Benavidez now. That is five guys that are yeah. an echelon above. Mm. There's some dangerous dudes. For sure. I, I just, before we roll on, I'll quick cover it. Because I was going to put a video out about it specifically, but I don't want to labour the point. But there was a lot of confusion around the Kai Kara Franz Bontarin situation. The reason it was confusing is because, so the way that I saw it, the way it played out, is um, Kai Kara Franz landed a, a combination and as Bontarin face-planted, Kai Kara Franz decided that the fight was over. Mark which, hunted it. Mark hunted it. Yeah. And then as he did a lap of the cage, Eugene Berman stood up and he was like, the fight's not been waved off. Yeah. Go back and get him. So then he runs over to go hammer fists. The thing I can't understand is why the why fight wasn't waved wasn't off. Because like th- there are two things that a referee does like just to halt the action, right? They either put their hand in between the fighters. It's end of the round. Doctor needs to come in. Eye poke, groin shot, whatever. Yeah. End of the fight. Yeah. Stop the action. End of the fight. Now, there there have been lots of times when there's been confusion around that. Like like Cowboy against Masvidal was waved off at the end of the round and then the next round started. And the waving off was not in the right was not the right thing to do. The fact that he was waiting for Bonterin to get up was odd as well. Because mm. in that moment you've got to think, well the fight needs calling. So A, there's no confusion from the corner man or the other fighter. And B, so the doctor can get in and check on him. I mean, the guy fell on his face for a start. I, I, I've never spoke to Mark about it because we, we, we're constantly doing cycles around the world. Where we very rarely bump into yeah. each other. But I'd love to talk to Mark about, in the referee education, about body language and posture. Like, how much are they looking at that and how much are they being trained to look? Because it seems to me, like we talk about all the time, one of the things we feel like we're relatively good at is pattern recognition. Is mm. that, you know, we spend our lives sort of looking at patterns in different scenarios. But it seems to me like there is a very clear pattern recognition to be done on what bodies look like when they're good to go mm. and they're not good to go. Yeah. You know, and I just wonder the amount of time that is dedicated to that in the education of a ref. But well, And the reality is... Like, how old's MMA? Yeah. Like, how old's MMA? So who was around to train the referees when the referees were first starting out? Who trained Big John McCarthy to be a referee? Probably experience. Experience, yeah. Yeah. Same with Mark Goddard, same with Herb. So, like, these guys, they they are the pinnacle of the sport for refereeing and, and officiating. 
but there's there's still no like official training that they went through. They're the ones now giving the training. Like I've done Mark Goddard's refereeing and judging course, and his his whole syllabus is based on his experience yeah. and his his understanding of you know different scoring, sort of different judging criterias and refereeing um, uh, rule sets and all that kind of stuff. But they're, they're, it's all educated from experience. Like there's mm-hmm. I, there's nothing like hard fast in place like f- like first thing first thing i'd want to know is like are we getting anybody in that say an expert in like in concussion to to be able to illustrate these are the characteristics that you've got to look out for if someone's concussed you know, CPD, they, continued professional development yeah. are, are they required to get units per year of continued professional development yeah like i, I just think is the there a referee i'm assuming there isn't a referee assessor i don't think so i mean so, i mean there's there's a there's, there's the commission for each region or obviously like say out in Fight Island, there is no commission. So the UFC self-govern, which means yeah. that they bring somebody in who acts as commission. Yeah. It's 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 really odd and it's very so, convoluted. So pro- professional rugby, if there's a poor performance by a referee, you have a course of not necessarily complaint, but it gets it gets assessed and then you have chance to then go and ask a couple of questions about why decisions were made and then that goes all into a pot and they're assessed mm. and, and every now and again a referee will be dropped from the t- from the elite until they have upskilled to the point where they want to put them back in there. Yeah. Which to me seems like a like Yeah. A huge undertaking for someone, but with this sport being so young and where we want to take the sport, it seems like a no brainer to me that, that there has to be accountability somewhere got to be somewhere I, I i don't know to be honest i mean it's not there's not a clear there's not a clear route for any of that kind of stuff um so like even like even with dom cruz like requesting that he didn't want keith peterson refereeing him i, I don't know who the fighter would speak to like there's not like i don't know whether there's a clear point i mean obviously mark, mark ratner is is the, like the main guy on the ufc side for like the self-regulation mm. and mark ratner has been around a long long time very very well respected and very good at you know putting things in place for referees and officials but the actual but like even so like you, you can go back and watch Julio Cesar Chavez and Mark Ratner's standing in his corner as a commissioner in Vegas and still looks the same as he does to, to this day <laughs> you know like Ratner will will remember the beginning of MMA yeah and how things have just grown out of it like we we, we still don't really have MMA coaches you know what I mean? Like that's that's something. Or like, just, just, or ju- just yeah, in it. Yeah. Like the last, the last few years, really, it's become genuine MMA coaches. Yeah, but I would still say each coach has still got a specialism. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say like even like you know most coaches these days have not. They didn't. They didn't start with MMA themselves. Well, I suppose it, we're only just getting fighters that are mixed martial artists. So how can you mm-hmm. have coaches that are? Yeah. You know, I mean, what the the, the but, guys? The the reason I said. Only just is because I'm I'm thinking of James Krause. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's he's coming. Yeah, I won't I won't I won't retire him for him. He's not coming to us. <laughs> he can fight as long as he wants to. But he's been experienced enough. He has enough experience where he's started coaching, and now he now he's a mixed martial arts coach. Yeah, and and it's you know, and that's that's a good example. It's a, that's a good example. There'll, there'll still be fighters that Krause is easier to relate to than others mm. for for whatever reason, like. I, I watch as much MMA as anybody on the planet. As an MMA coach, I'm still a striking coach. Yeah. Like I can talk about the ground game, I can teach the ground game, I can I can game plan, I can, you know, research opponents and assess somebody's ground game and I you know, I can commentate on jujitsu events. I'm still a striker though. Yeah. And Jimmy Warled is a yeah. fantastic MMA I'm just coach. Thinking about him, yeah. But like the foundation of his game still shows through on a regular basis. So like, and, and like that's yeah. us. Like we we are MMA coaches in this day, and I'll tell you right now, I'm not, I'm not as MMA as I would like to be as a coach. And I think any coach in in the world, if they're honest, would like some of the greatest minds in the sport. Trevor Whitman, good example, is is predominantly a striking coach. Mm. You know, I know you've got people that cross over. Like is it like, is it, but then you go to ATT, one of the super gyms, and they still segregate the coaching off. There's your striking coach. We've got a jujitsu yeah. coach here. Like they'll have someone that ties it all together, but they're still, you know what I mean? It's- yeah, there's a, there's a there's a there's an interesting book you I think you'd like to read by James Smith, um, and I'm just I'm just gonna blank on the name of it. I think it's the Glo- global theory of coaching, right? And it's a little bit it's a little bit wordy, but it's get it and and it's come out. It's been born out of 
in teams you have technical and tactical coaches, performance or physical coaches, analysts and whatever. And the the idea of the book is that that is all nonsense. Is we need sport coaches. Mm. We need people who understand. Like you, I should have an understanding, a technical and tactical understanding. Pretty pretty good if we're going to coach together and you should have a, te- a physical understanding if we're going to you mm. know to the point where if you're not there i can pick it up if i'm not there you can pick it up and the the yeah the the, the premise of that book is the future is not segregated coaches mm. in terms of in terms of technical tactical, and physical let alone within the technical tactical of having um jiu-jitsu striking and grappling coaches so that that is, it will be in, it will be interesting for you to read it because I think you'd be I think you'd resonate with it and it is I think it is the future is you we need sport coaches mm. we need we need coaches that can impart their knowledge and their experience to help you be better at your sport not to be better at a five percent of your sport we need yeah. to look at this as a global a global concept. Mm. Um, so I, th- yeah. I think that is that is the progress. Like the next stage of progress is the other James Krause guys that are good MMA fighters with finishes with from strikes and submissions mm. that then cross over and start coaching MMA fighters. That That's definitely the progress. But then, like, if I go back to, like, I'd done, what, eight years of striking before I did any grappling at all. And I was in my teens when I started grappling. I still didn't really know what I was doing, but we were we were figuring it out and we were teaching each other what we could. And then we'd bring coaches in from time to time. But then when I was a pro, as you know, I was traveling from a striking coach in one gym to a jiu-jitsu coach in another yeah. gym, then over to you for, for strength and conditioning. Then the next day I'd be up in a different, I'd be going to Mansfield to work with Victor. And then, you know what I, I mean? I don't, was, honestly, I don't, I don't think people understand what we had to sort of deal with when we were trying to, we were trying to put these, we were trying to put world championship camps together and what you're actually dealing with. Mm. Like, by the time we were doing that, the super gyms had started in America. Mm. You were just rocking up and everything was there, you know, and we were in four or five different places in a, you know, yeah. we're in three places in a day sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think, yeah, I don't think people would have any concept of what we sort of went through to try no. and make that work. And before you came on board, it, like, there was no overall structure to it. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, the time that my jiu-jitsu coach and my striking coach spoke was when they were cornering me. Yeah, You know, it was difficult. And I, th- I, I feel like when we started working together as a team, probably the thing, it wasn't the strength plans that were particularly amazing. It was, I think we should try and order this a little mm. bit better and just try and, you know, you can't go flat out every day, all day until you get ill. That's not going to work. Um, well, that's, I mean, that, that you leveled us up given the fact that you had had experience in other sports. Yeah, a professional organisation yeah. where everything was scheduled and, uh, you know, volumes and intensities were were looked at and talked about and, and prescribed. But yeah, we did pretty good, really. We did all right. We did all right. Yeah. I remember John Danaher <laughs> saying that to me once when I was up training with GSP because they, they did like an overall assessment. And that was a, yeah. that was a hell of a team that GSP yeah. had. You know, Danaher, Phil Nurse, Faraz, and then he'd bring in... Um, that that Thai coach, I can't remember what his name was. There, there were there was a he had a great group of John guys. John Chainberg was his um, yeah SNC guy. That's him. Yeah, yeah there was, what was the? There was a Thai boxing coach that he brought in a young guy who was a world champion. He was excellent as well. It will come back to me. Um, but like they like they worked as a team because they had TriStar and they yeah. and like GSP had the money so he could bring yeah, everybody it together. Pro, it was a pro team. Mm. Just as you would run, run a pro soccer team or yeah. rugby team, you know, it's a pro team. It was good, but then yeah. like like Dan, I was chatting to Danaher, and he was like, he said to me, um, "Yeah, well, we did a you know like a like a, a physical and psychological assessment on you as a team." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, did what, you did you find? Yeah, what, what did you <laughs> did find? What did you find?" Really? <laughs> and he, and he was like, and I could, and we could tell that you've, you the majority of the success you'd had is in spite of your training. Yeah. <laughs> I remember saying that. It's, I'm like, it's, oh, all right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, so the running up the hills with logs on my back really yeah. wasn't how <laughs> wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't you. It wasn't me. No, you were running up hills in the dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> through potholes. Sometimes we got to get it done. He was working it gets from dark the other early. Side. Gets it gets dark early here. <laughs> Islam Makachev. Yeah, let me just check the corner. Wow. Mate, I mean, I don't, to be honest, I don't, I don't really know what to say. Other than he's just. The rest of the division have just been lucky. He keeps getting his fights cancelled, to be honest, because he's coming, man. Mm. He he's had a, coming. Uh, ablation. 
Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, right. I saw it on RT Sports earlier this week. They posted it, and it was he'd had he had the surgery, and had not told anybody. Mm, smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you yeah, know. He just just had it done, but yeah, it was like like he went through the process and. And I mean, interestingly, obviously familiar with the circumstance, the doctor said to him that unless you plan on being an athlete, you know, don't bother, just leave it. You'll be fine. Just keep living your so life. So he's but, booked himself in. Yeah, he booked himself <laughs> in. Like, Get it, fix it. Yeah. But I, I guess like he was, like it was affecting him him and his health in, in some yeah. way. I mean, yeah. slick, suffocating. He's like, again, just going back to the, the variety of yarn is, his variety that he, mm. the pictures he puts out there is it's just frightening. Claustrophobic, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like yeah. being crammed into a box when you're Horrible. watching him. Like, oh. even even to the point of his grappling is claustrophobic. Mm. Like, it, you know, we we always talk about concepts that cross sports. Well, as when you're trying to defend in team sports, you're constantly trying to take space. So, like, if you're but but in grappling, if you're trying to defend, you're trying to create space, so mm. you've got somewhere to move. He just there's no space, is there? There's just no space. Nothing at all. It, it's an anaconda type <clears throat> deal going on. Um, and, and even against the even against high level wrestlers like we saw against Armin Sarukian, who gave him all he could handle, he's still better. He still he still edges it in every range. Yeah. And now he's got to be full time training him. <laughs> Khabib looks like a tank right now. Doesn't he? The He's enjoying retirement for yeah, sure. Fair play to him. For sure. I mean, that squeeze he got on Dober. Like, he, I'm, not, I'm not really in. He's just squeezed the life out of mm. him. Yeah. Impressive, isn't he? I, just, yeah, he I is. mean, who who gives him trouble without going. Obviously, I've got there's one name that's going to come up, but who gives him any trouble? Who can you see right now that gives him any trouble, really? Well, where is he? So he's moved up three places. He's at number 11 now. Felder won't fight him because Felder's not looking for those kind of fights. I think Dariush could be an interesting test given how his uh, ground game is. I think Hooker, RDA, McGregor, I think Tony Ferguson, he probably rolls over Tony Ferguson at this stage. I think he's calling I would out like Tony to Ferguson that. to punish him for, yeah. for mouthing off at his, his boy. That, and I'd all. like to see the Tony Ferguson fight, but... I just don't want to be disappointed when Tony pulls out of another fight. (laughs) I I, I can't get emotionally invested in something with with Ferguson in it. Tripped over the bathtub in his cage at the gym because he was wearing sunglasses and training the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or a a float tank collapsed on him or something. He needs a psychological assessment, not a fight against Makachev. I I mean, you know, Chandler, I think, would be a really interesting fight. It would, of course. The the only thing I thought about that is, is as much as the UFC put the best against the best do they want to do they want to do that right now or do they want to just you know tread chandler's water a little it, bit yeah. like chandler's the boy come across he couldn't have got off to a better start do you really want to give him to, to makachev now that's it you, you can you can put him again in much more interesting fights yeah where you've probably got three where before you have to make this fight yeah and yeah you know he's that. up there though yeah. I mean I don't I don't think Tony Ferguson fight makes sense because Tony I think could do with adding a win to his record I won't mind seeing Ferguson against Hooker you know that that that'd be an yeah. interesting one obviously yeah. Dan Hooker's only just them, got yeah. home from yeah. Fight Island yeah, three no. years ago so <laughs> you know, yeah poor lad but like I, I think Tony Ferguson needs to be matched fairly with someone to see if he's still going to get wins on his record after he was murdered by Oliveira um <clears throat> I think if yeah. you want to make the Oliveira-Khabib fight or if you want to tempt Khabib to come back, given the fact that Oliveira was the name you mentioned, that would make sense. But there's no point in Oliveira slipping that far down the rankings to open himself up for that loss. Because, you know... Has Ga- Gaethje been... I mean, like, what's going to happen if he fights Gaethje? Yeah. So, Probably surely s- you'd think it's going to be a similar you'd outcome. You'd think so. You'd think so. Unless Gaethje's, you know, unless Gaethje learned a lot from that fight and feels like maybe he's not got the level of skill that Khabib's got at this point. But the likelihood is he's only going to get better and better. Yeah. You know? Dustin Poirier is a f- yeah. another fun See, one. The thing, n- the, none the, of those guys are going to drop down to nah. number 11 to fight. You, you're I looking mean, he's at number 11, but below. he's only number 11 because of... I mean, I think he, I think he even said, look, I'm just being out. Like, I'm, mm. not, I'm, not, I'm not down here, really. You, you give me a couple more, I'll show you where I'm at. Yeah. 
Um, but that that's the thing though the rest of the division know that yeah so like if you're ranked number two three four if you get that call you're like yeah you're like, I'm, <laughs> no he's number 11 I'm not fighting number 11 <laughs> no way am I fighting fight number 11 why would I do no, that no it's would not I... because he's Islam <laughs> yeah. it's because he's number 11 <laughs> exactly yeah yeah because because he is a legit it's I mean snakes and ladders isn't it like he is legitimately legitimately can bump you down the rankings pretty quickly and and elevate himself off the back of it I think they'll do I think they'll do Tony because yeah. I can't think of I can't think of the the top few who are going to accept it because it's it's a lose lose. I mean, Tony was confident going into the Khabib fight. Yeah, I think they'll do Tony. Mm. I won't mind seeing the Dariush fight. Yeah, yeah, Tony or Dariush in it. Yeah, and obviously Chandler being interested one, but I they're not going to risk that right now. No, it's it's not. That's not good business, is it? Don't see it. No. Uh, where are we at? What else do you want to talk about? Well, I mean, we've not talked about the main and co-main yet. Yeah, Amanda is just. I don't know what they. What do you do with her? Who do you feed to her next? I don't know. You've got to start looking outside the organization. I think. Yeah. I think you've got to, and unless, like, the challenge for Nunes now would be to, would be to go down, mm. <laughs> down, and then down. I know we don't. want, You know. What else is there to do? Like, if you're proving a point. I mean, she's not ripped. She's not ripped. No. She's not super lean. There was there was movement. There, yeah. I just don't know. I, I don't know whether I want to be pushing that narrative. Really, we like people fighting at the weight they should be fighting at. You know, that's healthy for them. Mm. Um, I I agree, but if that's the case, <laughs> oh, gosh, if that's the case, you're gonna start having to like sign more fighters from other organisations. Yeah, like, and I don't, I just don't think. I mean, Megan was the was the Invicta uh, featherweight champion. And it, and it defended it and just wasn't in it. Just wasn't, just wasn't in, it. in it. That like it's a descending right hand mm. where she just just <clears throat> down cracked her. Oh man, no yeah. thank you. Yeah, she's I mean, a, they're, 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 she's a great champ. She she, she doesn't put a foot wrong. She's great with the media. You've done some great pieces with her. You know, she seems she's a wholesome, good champion that absolutely wrecks anyone that comes anywhere near her. Like, what? Maybe we should just leave her be. Let her be the champion, <laughs> top just, of the top of the division. You know, it's be. up to the organisation to bring prey to her. You know, mm. it's not yeah. it's not for her to have to drop drop down. She's she solidified a, a legacy for herself. You know, that I mean, who is that? unlikely just... to be like like Jermaine. Jermaine had a good submission last time out and there she's like 0-2 against Amanda. Mm. But the second time out, she gave a much yeah. better account of herself. I mean, Holly's always going to be in and around. Kunitskaya may be on the rise. I mean, she's, you know, she's picked up wins. Aldana just couldn't get around Holly home. And I know Amanda would give her a different kind of fight, but there were basic problems that needed to be solved in the Holly home fight. And she didn't do it over five rounds. And her corner team were giving her no help at all. And then, like after that, you're looking down. I mean, Pena could be, you know, Pena could definitely be a contender. As could Ketlin Vera. Probably makes sense as the next one in it. Mm. Pena. They just they need, you know, Pena lost to Durandami by submission. That yeah. that was a massive hit for her uh, title aspirations. Mm. I mean, she's she's pretty much got the division on lockdown, and she's beaten everyone that's worth beating once or the people that she's beaten have beaten people that are worth beating <laughs> yeah what she's I mean she's yeah. you know she could fight once a year and just wait wait for someone to be mm-hmm. brought to the sacrificial table yeah. I mean I, I wouldn't even mind I wouldn't even mind seeing a crossover do boxing or kickboxing or something like that maybe even get into like the, like the professional grappling world just to yeah you know just to, just to see it's the be- the beauty <laughs> of pro sport is you, no one's ever uh, happy no like, she's never happy like she's dominating two divisions and we still can't leave her be oh she should go down she should cross sports like yeah. it's just the nature of sport and he's like oh make her do something else yeah make her do something else yeah yeah imp- impressive. just impressive impressive you know I've, I've, you've met her a few times I've never met her, but she seems like an impressive human she seems super professional um yeah she's a credit to the sport really mm. she Good yeah they have already talked about having another baby as well nice yeah i'm, ha- I'm happy for her Go ahead, talk about the co-main event. Because this played out... Well, I mean, there were lots of different ways this could have played out. But Jan needed to work hard regardless to get the win. And he did work hard. Yeah, Yeah, the main event, yeah. like Um, He he did work hard and he did do well. Every round, I thought he did well. I thought the third was the the worst for him. But It's sort of... Not not that it needed restoring, but it just... I got just a good feel from this event, from from the main event. Yeah. 
they were very uh, respectful of each other, even even to the way that they went about working each other out in real time. They were very respectful of each other. There was not necessarily any bad blood. There was two elite mixed martial artists figuring it, figuring out whether who was the best. Mm. And Jan, Jan took the honours. Yeah. And it's made a 7 out of 10... Uh, Seven out of ten times prediction look look a little bit ropey, but yeah, you, but that's you know, but that's one of the three times. Yeah. Of I mean, you know, maybe maybe we we did underestimate Jan. Maybe it's fifty fifty. Maybe Jan's you know sixty forty percent going to win. You know, uh, you know if they fought ten times, I, I still stand by it though. Every time Jan wins, he's, he has to work hard for it against mm. Adesanya. You no matter how many how many ways that fight plays out, there's never an easy win for Jan. No, but apart from if you kept playing them out, he would find that efficient way of beating him. And clearly the efficient way of beating him is getting hold of him. Yeah. As soon as you can get hold of him. Like, I mean, the, the weight class is a weight class for a reason. It's, mm. As soon as you saw that, you're like, oh. But, I, you know, having said that, I like I, Adesanya looked, looked sizable at a distance. But then as soon as Yang got his hands on him, he looked like he was made out of polystyrene. I'm telling you, man, that wagon back is not crazy, something you can mess it? around with. Like those, 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 like... Like those those takedowns that he landed, it was almost like he was just too big for Adesanya's yeah. body. It was like he completely wrapped him up. Yeah, it, yeah. And I also really really liked the the game plan of let's get through a couple of rounds. So he now starts to stop now now starts to underestimate the possibility of me taking him down mm. to make it easier in those last two rounds. I, I, yeah, I, it was I, a wicked performance. It, it was, was a really it was a really yeah. really good performance. A fair play to Adesanya for taking the risk and going up. I don't think he lost anything by doing it. But yeah, that's what I mean about the sort of feeling about the main event. No one lost it. No. Nothing was lost here. The sport won. Jan won. Uh, Izzy didn't lose anything. It was you know there was there was sportsmanship after the fight. They you know they sort of had a laugh and a joke with each other, and it was just like two men working out. Who's got the edge? Mm. Like it was kind of beautiful to watch. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, two great humans, two great champs for sure. And and I think you know Adesanya goes back down to middleweight now, defends his belt a couple more times, and then maybe has another attempt at it. Yeah, and you know, like he's looked very well rounded in some fights against some fighters. He didn't look very well rounded against Yan, mm. and and I and I don't I don't think that was necessarily down to the size of Yan, the weight class, or anything like that. I think it was down to the fact that. Once the takedown offense fails, that's the end of the grappling exchange for Izzy. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. it's like it's like you've got weaponizes. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. It's like you've got two you've got two fighters and you're like you're making these characters on a video game. You've got two fighters. You go, okay, I'll give Yan fifty percent striking, fifty percent grappling, and I'll give Izzy you know, eighty five percent striking, ten mm. percent takedown offense and five percent scrambles yeah. on the bottom. And it just, it was like the odds were stacked for him to win by strikes. But yeah, he just, I mean, he, he was he was nullified and had no no escapes from the bottom. And and there was like, there were some rudimentary mistakes he was making on the bottom as well, where it made Jan easier. It made it easier for Jan to control him. And, and things that, you know, if he was, I'm sure he will look back and, and it, or he will sit there with his jiu-jitsu coach and watch it back and, and his jiu-jitsu coach is like, see, that's where we're bridging. We bridge there to create that space yeah. so you can get yeah. your underhook. And- I'd love to, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in the review, mm. like see how clinical and how concise they are. about. Listen, this, these are the five points during here where that's where the fight was lost. You know, and these, the, these are things that we can work on, things that we can train to not let that happen yeah. again and whether we can then implement that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost like there's a place for like an like an impartial advisor to be able yeah. to just kind of look at a fight and go, well, think about thought about this. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, one of the things that I appreciated about Jan, it wasn't just that he won the grapple. Like the striking, he he landed some significant mm-hmm. strikes in that strike and had a couple of really nice body kicks that you know you sort of could see <laughs> see as well Israel's eye sort of winking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it wasn't like oh, I've got to get this to the floor as soon as I can. Like he stood and he stood and like I said, they worked each other out and they were like, oh, come on then, let's see. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. I, I'm, I was good um, card. Tim Elliott as well. Just jump back down to the undercard. Yeah. Who have we not talked about Tim Elliott. Look, yeah, great. there's a few, a few trash over. trash talking his opponent. Yeah, as well. Love it. He went after him, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. He fights. He kind of yeah. fights angry, doesn't he? Yeah, I liked. I liked him. He's a bit. He's a bit. 
wild to me. He's got a bit of a wild eye to him. Yeah. You know, but uh, he's, you know, and, and those did, records. Did you, did you see wild. the numbers, the pay for you numbers? Did it, did it go I well? Did it? No, I didn't I heard, see the I Normally you hear something, no. don't you? Yeah, normally you do. It, it'll, it'll find its way out in, in, a, in a day or two. I'm sure it did pretty well. Yeah. I'm it sure seemed it like it, there was a lot of hype around it. Yeah. It seemed like a big, um, I know. After think, a McGregor fight, it's always going to feel like it's not quite yeah. as busy though, you know, it's. I, like I was looking at the numbers on some of the shows and they're yeah. way different by comparison. Yeah. Although Warham did well. Warham did unbelievably yeah. well. And Picks Up got over 6,000 entries, which obviously I right? yeah. was pretty happy about. Yeah, wicked. And I think that was more than the McGregor fight. Yeah. Yeah, so people are getting on board and understanding you can go there and make your picks. That's good. That's good. Yeah, very good. We not missed anything though. I think we've, I think we've gone through most of them. Oh, Rakic against yeah. Santos. Yeah, right. right. I'll give you that. I'm big on Rakic. I'll give you that. You're <laughs> right. <laughs> he's, just, he's just got a, he's got a better grasp of the technical skills, and and I think when I think as soon as Santos realizes that in a fight, I think he then I think his confidence drops very quickly. Right. Um, and I, I just I think Rakic is he's he's got such a good command of his reach and his and his long range weapons mm. that you'd never feel safe, especially in that small octagon. Mm. You just there's nowhere you can go where he can't prod and kick at you. Where's he? Where's he at now? What rankings wise? Yeah. Um, and who's he going? Who are they going to? Okay, match well he's he's ranked number two. So we've got Jan yeah. as champ, Tashira next, who's obviously the next contender. Rakic, Reyes, Santos, Prochka, Smith, Ankalaev. Oh, Ankalaev's climbing, isn't he? He's the he's the shark in this division. And we got we've got a couple of uh, we've got Serkinov this weekend. Yeah, uh, he's you know Serkinov at eleven, Ryan spans at thirteen. Yeah, so they'll you know we'll they'll chat about him in a minute. Won't yeah. We? yeah, but I mean you're looking at this division. Prochka's a very interesting one because the way he fights, he's very he's very unusual in in the in his approach, and I think that could be quite unnerving for a lot of people. I think honestly, unnerving for everybody above him, aside from Tashira. Like Tashira is so sure in his game. Tough you know, to unnerve him, isn't it? it is. Tough to unnerve Glover. It is. But he's just been around too long. But then Ankalaev, I I would put him in there against any of those top five right now, and I think he's a problem. I think he's a yeah. real problem. Rakic, yeah. though, he's positioned himself for the winner of the Tashira Bojevic fight. For sure. And I think Rakic is also somebody that could, you know, he, he's got the kind of physique that he could step up a weight class and be a small heavyweight and be very effective as well. You know, I mean, I, I, I repeat this far too regularly, but Miacic weighed in 235. Yeah. Like, you've got to think yeah. John Jones starting training camp for 205 is probably around that. You don't, you don't fancy Rakic against. Uh... Some of the big boys in those in that heavyweight division, the big big boys. Yeah, maybe not, not right now. But then, I mean, it, it's quite clear that he he stays, he's keeping himself in this weight class. Yeah, like, I reckon he's got the frame yeah. to to fill out a bit. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes up. I, like you know, racket. I tell you what, I keep I've said this a few times as well. I'd love to see Gustafsson come back at heavyweight. Like I, I know that uh, you know I, I know that he's he's not a, a massive fighter for that division, but. I certainly think he could make it work for him. The mm. way his footwork and, you know, yeah. we're learning you don't have to be the bigger fighter in the fight to win. No, absolutely not. No, it helps in certain situations that you don't situations. have to be, do you? So we're going to stop this and start it and record uh, them separately because otherwise these files won't be able to be transferred. <laughs> yeah. Right. 